Hello everyone, this is Sarisha and I host the Women, Career and Life podcast. Just like you, I've traversed varied paths, stumbled a little, picked myself up and learned a great deal on my journey. Many of us face similar questions, but we don't always get to have a conversation with our friends or peers. In this podcast, you will hear real stories that you can connect with on the challenges of navigating career and life. You must be wondering who I am. In my everyday life, I'm a career woman, a mom, and an avid reader. I'm also a road tripper, amateur gardener, and even a fashionista on some days. Join me and my guests as we have an open and honest discussion on career change, trade-offs, and working across boundaries. You get the idea. It's a perspective you simply may not hear anywhere else. Hello, everyone. Today's interview, we talk about mentoring, upskilling students for success, the impact that mentors have, how great minds in STEM and MentorNet serve underserved communities and women in the STEM field. Join us for today's conversation. I am really excited to have Bertha Aro join us today from Great Minds in STEM. She's the executive director of the organization. January is National Mentoring Month, and I want to give a little backstory on how Bertha and I got connected. When I came here as an immigrant to graduate school in the US, I signed up for an organization called the MentorNet as a mentee. My mentor was a NASA scientist who worked on the Hubble telescope. So that's exciting in itself. And once I graduated, I signed up to be a mentor for MentorNet as well. And it got me connected with many female engineers who were starting their college life experiences either as freshmen or graduating seniors. And some of them were first-time college students, and some of them were immigrants like myself. That has been such an enriching experience. And as I looked across the mentorship landscape, I was able to connect with Bertha, who is part of Great Minds in STEM and where MentorNet is a part of their organization. So Bertha, welcome today. I'm really excited to be having this conversation with you. As we talked about it, it's National Mentoring Month. And you've been really engaged with this organization as an executive director. Can you give us some backstory of how you came to be here and what you really find that drives your passion in this space? Thank you, Sarisha, so much for inviting us to participate in this Working Woman podcast. This is very exciting. MentorNet has been in existence since 1997. The story you just shared about your personal success and how MentorNet was one of the toolkits that helped you, that is across the board. There are so many individuals, women and men, and just individuals across the entire U.S. that MentorNet has been critical as part of their success. My name is Berta Aro, and I started with Great Minds in STEM back in 2003, I, I came across this organization because I had a really strong personal passion for workforce initiatives, but workforce initiatives that were associated with higher education access. I am an immigrant to this country as well, first-generation college student. I, I attended public schools here in the United States, and I was not considered a traditional college-bound student. I did find my way to college and through mentors that I had the great opportunity to receive guidance from, I was able to receive my bachelor's degree, started working in the industry, and then went back and earned my master's degree in in public administration. 
but my passion has always been workforce initiatives. At Great Minds in STEM, we focus on the education access. We focus on expanding opportunities, introducing people to what STEM is. We have what we call the AIMS model. A is for awareness. We want to inform other students similar to the demographics that we serve, general underserved students here in the U.S. We want to inform them about college and all the access opportunities that are available. The I is for inspiration. Once you know about it, it's not until you get truly inspired that you actually want to set up challenging goals for yourself. And so we want to plant those seeds. So we want to inspire people. M is for motivation. It takes a lot of effort, grit, and sustained effort towards working on completing anything that you set out to to complete in life. And so we want to show them that the motivation to pursue these goals, it might take a lot, you're going to build it. But once you build it, you'll be amazed at what you, you can accomplish. And the S is for skills. It takes the right amount of technical skills We preach algebra by the eighth grade so that students can have access to calculus by the 12th grade in order to be academically grounded enough to pursue any STEM fields. Those are core elements that we share as we're introducing the STEM concepts to the K-12 community. And so it really does take building upon a skill set in order to be able to successfully pursue STEM degrees when students are in college. That's such a clearly defined approach. I have teenagers myself. So I like the fact that you're talking about algebra by eighth grade and setting them up for success. Because when you look at studies out there, just from an earning potential, there's a huge difference between whether you graduate with a high school degree or a college degree and the opportunities that you get from that. So from your space, Great Mind and STEMS not just just covers K to 12, but it actually even works with college students and educators in developing that connection and growing that potential future workforce. So is your community serving everybody or is it targeted towards certain underrepresented communities? We are a broad organization. We're based in Los Angeles. Uh, Our programs are national and we are K through PhD. Our focus are general underserved students, the majority of whom would be first-generation college students. But we are open to all underserved students. When it comes to our K-12 programs that we conduct across the nation, our programs have been conducted in over 20 states. Our team actually researches public schools that receive Title I funding, meaning that the students do not have to pay for for lunches or they have reduced lunch payments that they make. And that is the bare criteria that we have. And so that can encompass any underrepresented group in the populations that we serve. That is our K-12 program. When it comes to our college programs, our scholarship program is a merit-based program focused on underserved students. So any student that meets our criteria can apply for that. And 
our mentornet program, we have curriculum for students that start at two-year colleges. So maybe that's their first step. Maybe they're starting at a two-year college and from there they're going to transfer to a four-year university. We have topics for them as well. Our topics are from the two-year institution all the way through PhD candidates. And our topics really focus, Sarisha, the first two years, freshman and sophomore year of college, that is the acclimation period for students. Now, some students may know definitively what STEM degree they want to pursue. And so our topics are aligned to help them support that. Some students, a lot of students, and, and for women, it's, it's almost half the women that enter STEM actually opt out of STEM degrees. And so that's what we're working on mitigating. We're working on helping students that may hit a wall. They're not able to progress with their STEM degrees, or maybe they're reconsidering, but they want to pursue them. Mentornet can provide them guidance as to plan. If plan A did not work, okay, but you really want to pursue a STEM degree, let's build your skill set. Let's see what other external factors can be added to your toolkit to help you stay on track. And so we really want to focus our efforts with Mentornet, with keeping students focused on their STEM degree and working to mitigate the students that opt out. That's a pretty significant statistic. I didn't realize that 50%. Just anecdotally, I watched the transition even in school from middle school to high school. When I just look at the demographics at school, either at my children's school or others I know of. And it's not heartening to see that same transition when you go through college. And you said you have obviously a big support system that helps build that skill set. Can you give some examples of stories that might be easier for us to understand what those opportunities are? Because a lot of us have opportunities to be mentors. When we think about mentors, we all think we need to have a certain level of experience or a certain sense of achievement before we think we can be mentors. But that's really not true. You can be a mentor even as a a kid in school mentoring younger students in lower grades than you. You could be a mentor in college with a peer group. I mean, there's opportunities everywhere. That's a great observation. And and definitely we, Great Minds in STEM, part of our strategy is that we do have near peer mentors across all of our programs. So when we are conducting K-12 programs in particular, we look at the current college students to serve as mentors to the K-12 students because they are the next level of people in their current life path that are pursuing college. And so we want to make college relatable and attainable by showing current role models, we do that. But for college students, making professionals available to them that share commonalities, that share values. And that's what we provide with Mentornet. So with Mentornet, we have an extensive algorithm, a profile that when mentors want to sign up and and anyone that has a minimum an associate's degree within a STEM field, anyone can sign up to be a mentor. We will capture that information. Once a professional has a complete profile, they will be ready to be showcased as potential mentors to students. When students complete their profile, they see a lineup of professionals 
and they can read the short bios and see what they have in common based on our, our algorithm. A lot of people are really impressed once they're connected. So the student has the opportunity to invite the professional. Once the professional accepts, that's when the mentoring relationship starts. And once they have an initial conversation, like we are here, they get to see how much they actually have in common. You know, they may enjoy a Mexican spicy holiday drink. And so they're going to see that they both have that in common and they're going to be pleasantly surprised. And that builds a really great foundation to have conversations that are are really authentic conversations that we provide through MentorNet. We have a structured curriculum, but the structured curriculum also facilitates being able to talk to someone that might be in your specific STEM field. So this individual might be someone that is really going to be within your specific STEM industry once you graduate, but yet you're having a challenging time right now as a sophomore. You can have conversations with this person because you know they're not associated with your family who may have very uh, strong views as to what you should or should not do and or your academic institution, if it's not a safe environment to talk about a subject that is really weighing a lot on you that you do need guidance on. And so MentorNet does provide a safe space to have an external person provide guidance. And so we we do value that space that we allocate to students that we actually provide to students but we also have the guided mentorship. So when a student is a sophomore, we have certain topics that we do want mentors to talk about. If the individual that's serving as a mentor believes that they don't know how to be a mentor, we actually give them a short training, but all of our topics that we send them, we actually send them the topic in addition to some information to help them reflect and help them see like, Yes, I experienced something similar in the past, and this is how I pursued it. So maybe they were really happy with the course of action that they took. They can share that particular story with the student. Or a lot of times, Sarisha, individuals actually think, I wish somebody would have told me this, (laughs) this type of advice, this type of concrete nugget, and they get to share that. So they get to help Another individual maybe have one less hurdle that they actually have to go through because they learned through pain, but now they want to help someone, you know, this was my aha, I stumbled upon this, you know, I came to this country and and these were the difficulties I experienced transitioning and, and getting acclimated to the US education system. But I wish somebody would have told me this factor and that made all the difference. <laughs> so nuggets like that are what we hear the most that we provide through MentorNet, a forum to facilitate discussions that make the journey less lonely and you truly feel like you do have a virtual support system. You do have people that have your back and are willing to share from their experiences. I like the fact that you define it as a safe space. Yeah. It's a sounding bird, a third voice, an independent voice that yeah. can give you feedback, give you a leg up, probably walk the same path you did or something similar and they can share that experience. It's not necessarily about 
repeating mistakes because there's so many experiences we have and having someone to discuss it with is is really key when i think of mentors that i've had in the past and continue to have they've also prodded me to try new things that i might or might not have thought to do i wonder in, in your case you have first time college students where there are opportunities for them to take a step and challenge themselves to try something new for example one of the th- topics that i spent a lot of time talking to my mentor when i was in graduate school was really about dual working couples because my husband was pursuing his graduate degree and just trying to figure out how we were going to balance that aspect when we touched base last time you talked about some unique stories of mentoring experiences can you touch upon some similar themes you've seen actually that's right in alignment we we do have family obligations as topics we do have family expectations but also having a sense of belonging when we're looking at the topics that we introduce to students we do our research and our topics are all evidence based so they are factors that contribute towards the academic su- success and persistence of students but they're really external factors so we really do focus with mentornet on external factors outside of the academic institution we we realize that most universities have some type of mentoring focused on that specific academic track that students are on so we're not trying to replace that we really focus on augmenting that so having topics that deal with shared responsibilities maybe you're working and so you're balancing not only your relationship but you're balancing your time and and scope of areas of responsibility so those are all factors and topics that that we bring to the table and and are part of the lineup Don't forget to subscribe to my Substack newsletter. The links are in the show notes. If you're looking to partner with me for keynote speaking on women leadership, financial independence or graduate school and beyond, check out my website and reach out to me. Stay tuned in and listen to the rest of the podcast. Thanks for listening. It's really great that you are augmenting the college experience because often you're so academically focused that when you step into the workplace it's quite a different experience there's yeah. the skill set of the job or the academic technical skills but there's such a huge plethora of other things that you need to ramp and learn what they call the soft skills or the power skills the conversational ability the ability to negotiate how to work in a team there's so many other aspects that you need to be able to engage on and even the opportunity to you know update your resume how do you find an internship what should you be looking for there are a whole bunch of other things to have that conversation on that is correct and traditionally mentornet we have had over 50% of our mentors are women and these are professional stem women that want to give back when they volunteer to serve as mentors online through mentornet it's really a very flexible way of 
providing mentoring as Great Minds in STEM, we provide the platform, but it's up to the individual pairs to decide. We want to connect on a Monday evening at this time because this time works for both of us. And so there's a lot of flexibility in how people can connect for women and for all of our mentors, actually. MentorNet and being a mentor really provides them a way to actually use, use their STEM skills in a volunteer capacity that is very flexible. And because women will be at different stages of their lives, they're able to share the things that have worked well, but also the pain points that they have encountered and how they work through them. And so giving that guidance to the mentees, whether they're you know male or female or non-binary, they may face some of those obstacles themselves or come across some of those situations that may not be obstacles, but they need to be addressed to really help them be successful. So they really get to hear from actual people working in the STEM fields. What I love about MentorNet is that people can stay connected. So after the traditional four-month mentoring relationship that we, we had prior to the pandemic, people would really choose to, at this point, you've been in, in communication with this individual for over four months. They're in your particular STEM industry. You want to stay connected with them. You can stay connected with them and not necessarily have to go through another series of our curriculum. You can if you would like, but it's great to be connected with them on LinkedIn and, and keep in, in touch for incoming talent to the workforce. It's a great way to connect to individuals that are in different stages of their career. But for people that are already in the workforce, it's a great way to be connected to incoming talent within their STEM disciplines. So it works both ways. Yes. And to your point, being a mentor is such a I mean, fulfilling is one way to look at it, but I think it's also a thought-provoking experience because they're going to ask you questions or experiences that you've either forgotten or that you're going to have to relive or you're going to have to give it deep thought and do your own research to figure out what the answers are. Because there are going to be questions for which you do not know the answers and it's a learning experience. There's nothing better, like they say, right? You learn by teaching. It's, It's the same thing. You're going to learn so much. And I met this very senior leader at another company and her mentor for a few months was this new engineer in her organization who was teaching her about social media. So when we have this mentor-mentee relationship, it is not about someone with more experience necessarily being the mentor. It can be flipped and be the other way because the landscape has changed so much. There's so much knowledge out there and it's constantly changing. So there's different aspects you can learn from different people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think more people are becoming used to that idea, and which is why they like to build their network at, with people at different stages of their own careers, because you're right, where a seasoned professional can provide guidance as far as this is how to pursue your first position as a supervisor. This is how to lead a team. You know, those are core skill sets. Having someone to give you some guidance will really help an entry-level individual to move up. At the same time, the technology, the platforms, how people are communicating, that's changing. And so I I could see an entry-level person or a student 
teaching the mentor, well, this is this is a tool, this is a platform that we're using, and this is why. And, and so you, you'd be amazed how popular it is. We just came across that with our national conference, the Great Minds in STEM conference. So Risha, we actually added a platform where people that like video games are on it all the time. Well, the population that we serve with our national conference, they enjoy video games. So we went to them <laughs> and we had so much momentum and so much communication because we adapted and provided a forum in which they're naturally already communicating. What and a that fabulous was really idea. powerful. <laughs> Such a fabulous idea. This generation, especially what I want at home, that is one great way to connect with them is through the video game platform. And for me, just with this podcast landscape, I'm having to learn some basic social media skills, which I did not have any. So <laughs> it's been a learning curve and asking my niece how to, you know, what to do with Instagram or what to do with this. There's, there's so many ways you can learn from so many people. Exactly. <laughs> So before I step in to ask you the last question, I want to do a call for action. Since this is National Mentoring Month, for anyone listening to the podcast, I would suggest or recommend that you either become a mentor or even a mentee, be it through MentorNet, be it through Great Minds in STEM, be it through any avenue that is within your community, through your company, within your own workforce. Please take the opportunity to be a mentor or even a mentee and give back because I think you will find that an enriching experience for yourself and you will give the opportunity to someone else to grow and learn from your own experience and grow and learn in their own career and for them to pay it forward. So this is a question I ask every guest. What is the one quality or advice you would give your 21-year-old self for them to be successful in their career and life. In addition to setting audacious goals, <laughs> I, I would say build your network. I would definitely build your network within the goals that you want to achieve because you're going to find so many like-minded people. You're, you are going to be impressed, happily impressed by how many people are willing to give you different nuggets of advice along the way. And so anything that you, you set out to pursue, build a net, network to help you be a part of your success toolkit. I'm so glad you touched on networking because as we wrapped up season one and I was doing the summary for it, that was the first thing. Network, network, network. You can never say that enough because... It's about learning from others and really not to be intimidated by the word when you say network. It's just a conversation you're having with someone. Bertha, I want to say thank you. It's been a real pleasure. I know we touched and spent a lot of time talking about mentorship and the opportunities that it gives you, but I think really talking about the bigger landscape of what we all have, that we can learn from different people, the scope for giving back and taking that leap of faith as well. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tune in every other Wednesday to catch the next episode. If you think a friend may benefit from this, please share this podcast with them. All the resources we talked about are also available on my website, womencareerandlife.com. 
please like, subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. I would love to hear from you about your stories and your journey. You can reach me on my blog, Twitter, Instagram or Gmail at Women Career and Life. Until next time, this is Sarisha signing off. Remember, there are infinite possibilities to drive change in career and life. Which will you choose to make a reality today?